Thanks again for listening in to Your Shadow Advisor, a weekly program about navigating higher education from a first-generation person of color perspective. I'm your host, Professor Daryl Wandra-Serrano. We're back for another week talking about public service loan forgiveness. Um, We're joined again by Cristina Ceballos, um, who is going to continue talking about uh, some of the themes that that we began addressing last week. Uh, but I think go into more detail about uh, about public service loan forgiveness for people who are currently in school and who are uh, considering entering careers uh, that fit within this rubric of public service. Uh, so just a reminder from uh, from last week, um, the, our, our guest uh, uh, in 2018 uh, founded the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Support Facebook group. Uh, after not finding any active groups on that platform. Uh, She has built a small but mighty team of 16 administrators and moderators, which now serves over 135,000 members and growing. She has served in many capacities in public service in AmeriCorps, the U.S. Peace Corps, nonprofits, and government. She lives in Austin, Texas, with her husband and two rescue dogs. So welcome again. Thanks for joining me for uh, for another conversation about this stuff that is fascinating and important. Well, thanks so much for having me, Daryl. I super appreciate the opportunity. So last time we kicked things off with your superhero origin story. Um, and I was wondering if you could give us a little recap of your journey through higher ed and feel free to add anything in that you want that, that you that you feel like you might have missed last time. Sure. Thank you. Um, so my higher ed uh, journey started um, at six years old when I saw my mother graduate from Metro State University in Minnesota. That's where I grew up. And uh, she was able to go to college. She was first generation. She was able to go to college because she enlisted in uh, the Army and was able to benefit from uh, the higher education um, benefits from her four plus years of service. So I was six years old when I saw her walk down the the aisle with the cap and gown, and I just knew that this was a part of my my future. Um, as she that seeing your mother um, do this was a was a powerful um, image, and I'll never forget it. My father, on the other hand, uh, was wicked smart, so he did. Uh, he served in the military a long time and only had a couple years of, of higher ed. He never completed college, but he didn't need it. Um, my brother and I, my older half-brother and I, are first-generation college completers. Um, and my brother's uh, living out in um, Seattle. Um, from that experience, just briefly, to recap from last week, um, in high school I learned about post-secondary enrollment option, which was a a vehicle the state of Minnesota had set up for high schoolers to attend public universities and community colleges to start earning both high school credit and college credit at the same time. So I got to, here in Texas, I think it's called dual enrollment. Um, Other states have other names for it, but it it was a wonderful opportunity um, to branch out have these new experiences as a high schooler. After two years, I got, um, I earned enough, uh, I earned 32 college quarter credits at the time, 
and those transferred to the University of Minnesota where I got a four-year scholarship. It was both merit and financial based. By my senior year, um, you know, circumstances had it that I had to actually take out uh, student loans to be able to complete. But I was able to do, a, a, because I had such a head start, I had such a head start on my French degree, I was able to complete two degrees in four years. So there, that was just an, a, an incredible, um, you know, uh, trajectory in higher education. I graduated in 2001. This is dating me um, before 9-11. And 9-11 um, had a huge impact on me. I was planning on going into Peace Corps right after college, um, but I decided to stay home and serve locally first um, and kind of let geopolitics settle a bit. Um, after Peace Corps, I moved to Austin, Texas and um, pursued a Certificate Nonprofit Management and Leadership at Austin Community College, great program. And I also uh, pursued a master's degree at St. Edwards University um, in 2011, graduated in 2013. Uh, because of the po Public Service Loan Forgiveness program, uh, it opened up the doors for me to pursue higher uh, a, an advanced degree at a local university, whereas before PSLF was announced, I was looking at all the programs that US Peace Corps offers through their fellows program, and but that would have required me to leave Austin, and I, I really didn't want to leave Austin, so I, I pursued a higher or an advanced degree because of PSLF locally. Yeah, I, I, it, you know, it's we we have such different experiences on on that side of things because you know. PSLF didn't exist yet when I started. I started graduate school straight out of undergrad. So I I, I got my undergrad degree in 1999, <clears throat> excuse me, dating myself, and took a leisurely pace through the through the dissertation process. And so I, I, I didn't finish until 2007 before PSLF was announced. And there was, I think, I think at the time, trying to remember back, there was some like Acknowledgement that this might become a thing, um, but of course that didn't that didn't happen until um, until definitely after I was you know after I was graduated and um, and kind of pushed into a certain consolidation by my servicer and uh, to to lock in the good interest rates at the time. So PSLF was was that kind of you know something pretty important to to your graduate school journey and I hope we'll get a chance to talk about how that can be uh, centered and uh, done smartly for students who are in graduate school now or considering graduate school given all that we know now about PSLF and how it works and I know that's a constantly evolving thing but I, I want to talk I want to first talk a little bit more about um, about how you started the public service loan forgiveness program support Facebook group uh, which is such an important and wonderful community I was just reading some posts again this morning um, uh, to, to you know, see, seeing some of the Seeing if I could if I could add to any of the conversations about some of the experiences people are are, are going through right now, um, and you touched about this briefly in the last in the last episode, but I was wondering if you could talk in some more detail about what prompted you to start that Facebook group that now, as I just mentioned, has over one hundred thirty five thousand members. Like, why did you found the group, 
And how has it grown or changed over the years now that it's been a group for four years? Almost five. It'll be Almost five, um, oh February 9th, 2018 is the date I founded it. And I do want to add an asterisk. I had a co-founder and they're no longer on the platform. They, they, um, they decided to leave the platform. I said, okay, I'll hang out here. <laughs> um, so it basically what prompted me to start it is um, in 2017, the fire was lit under me to get everything in order. And it, and it came on the heels of uh, Donald Trump's um, election win and his pending um, inauguration. That's truth because I was very concerned that this program would go away. At that time, I had very little clue, <laughs> I had no clue that PSLF is written into my promissory notes from PSLF. I, sh I had no fear. I should have, you know, but it prompted me. It lit the fire under me. So even though... I had consolidated my loans back in 2012 for my from my FFEL loans to my uh, now and my then direct consolidated undergrad loans. I still went back and, to my employer in, at Austin Independent School District and said, "Can you please fill out this form?" And I said, "If anything ever changes, I want credit." Mm -hmm. I don't know how it would change if it would ever change, but I want credit. And for some reason, I was prescient on that. I had no idea this was coming. Then I also went back to another former employer, Environmental Defense Fund. I worked there for four and a half years. I got all my employment certified. This was, and I had left in 2014. And I said, I don't know, but I want, it, I want credit for this. And so what that did was it triggered my loans to move from Great Lakes over to FedLoan. And in that process, I was also doing my own personal market research, right? Just research, just figuring out who on the platform was was discussing PSLF. Um, this was 2017. The 10-year period was up and coming, and there were active. There were groups. Some were active. Some were very low, you know, low low uh, low membership numbers. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, but nothing really spoke jumped out at me as being something that I should get involved with. I was at the time involved with nonprofit happy hour, which is a, um, which is a spinoff of, of nonprofit AF, which is a blog and it's funny and irreverent. And, and I approached them with this, with this, uh, in that group, I found who was then my, my co-founder and we started talking and we, we wanted to approach them and we did to ask them, hey, can we spin off a PSLF nonprofit AF, you know, or a nonprofit happy hour Facebook group? And, and they weren't uh, interested, and that is fine. So we kind of looked at it, like virtually looked at each other, like, well, I guess it's on us. If we want to build something together that will address our needs. And so we just dove in. I personally was a bit reluctant. I was a little um, I approached it with a lot of trepidation because I'd never done this before. So I was what Bill Collins, uh, <laughs> Bill Collins calls, you know, building the plane uh, while flying it in, in good, good to great, right? In his really seminal book about change agents and uh, uh, organ, change, or, change, change agent organizations. And so we were learning as we were going. 
mm-hmm. while while building it, while, while bringing new people in. At first, it was public; anybody could join. And then, as we move forward, we saw these folks are sharing. The folks, our members, were sharing very, very personal details: their financial details, their you know those underlying shame, guilt, like oh my gosh, how did I get in this position? Um, moments. And I wanted to protect that. We wanted to protect that. And so we made it private. And so it was over time, also, the helpers started coming to the top. They started surfacing the people with the deepest knowledge and understanding of PSLF. How to succinctly and correctly convey that information. Mm -hmm. And so what we ended up doing is we would invite them to become moderators and promote some to admins. Uh, the admin team is what I consider the core leadership of the modmin modmin team, and um, we 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 have uh, a couple tiers um, to deal with delicate stuff at different and and different stuff at different levels. Mm-hmm. So over that over time, we did that, um, and now we've had some turnover, but the retention is crazy high. Like. Uh, I would say, you know, 70% of the team is, hasn't left since they've been promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a part of that is, you know, is, is just our working together so collaboratively, our commitment to helping others suffer less than us, as well as, you know, to, to be that trusted third party resource outside the DOE and, and student loan servicers. Um, when we hit our, um, when we hit the limited waiver announcement, gosh, I, I ran these numbers a while ago, so don't quote me on this, but I, I think we're at approximately 40,000 members, somewhere around there, October 6, 2021. We're now October or August 24th, less than nine, less than 10 months um, since the waiver was announced. And we're at... Uh, almost 140,000 members. So we've grown. Oh we've added 100,000 members approximately since October of last year. It has been intense. Um, it has prompted us to, you know, organize our information differently, uh, how to manage all that. And, and it's also, you know, to avoid burnout because I'm committed that for our team to never burn out because the Department of Education and student loan servicers haven't provided accurate information in a timely, efficient manner. We are not going to burn out for that. And so my commitment to them is always, how can we manage this better? Always open to their suggestions, always about experimenting to see how it can be done differently within the confines of the platform, as well as, you know, hearing where my, where my team is at. So that's why we instituted two days a week pause now. So we're on five days off two weeks and it has to be like that at least till the waiver ends because we are, it's literally so much need. The need is so immense right now. So it's that that's kind of like the high level arc of, of that. And again, just so much kudos and praise for my team for hanging in there, talking it out, expressing themselves you know, pitching those, those ideas on how to work better because, because of it, because of that, we're still here and we're still able to help so many.
Well, I'll say uh, from a from a kind of user experience perspective, um, as one of those hundred thousand <laughs> that's added in the in the last less than a year, um, I really appreciated from the from the moment I got in having those kinds of steps to ensure that I could be a that I wasn't going to be a bad member of the group, right? <laughs> that you have the guides that uh, that people have to walk themselves through, um, the pause on being able to post, right? So that you can really take stuff in as uh, as a new member to the group, the pause on posting every week uh, to give everyone kind of everyone. I'm, I'm sure it's a it's a really important for your for your mod min team. To have that chance to breathe, um, and uh, and also the 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 other thing that I that I love about the group is are the celebrations, um, and and the kind of, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, the purity of the celebrations, right? That like, you know, it's one of the rules of the group: don't hijack people's celebration posts, celebrate it for what it is, and I yes. think that's great. And to just to see you know to see these posts. People who don't know each other, but who've been in similar boats, um, or are currently in the same boat and going through their own struggles to join in, and you get these posts that are like, you know, it's like two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred, you know, likes and comments of like, yay, congratulations! Like, that's really uplifting, um, especially after such a like. As speaking to someone who who got one of those posts through. Um, after 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 incorrectly prematurely submitting my post before I got my before I got my letter, my bad. Uh, but I was gently reminded by a moderator, and I appreciated that. Um, uh, but you know, having just people joining in the celebration, like was it was like, ah, oh, this is like it's real. This is great. Um, and so I and I I just I think it's a great. It's a it's really a model. Facebook group for all the problems of Facebook. Um, I think y'all have done a good job of, like you said, uh, kind of taking advantage of the affordances of the platform to be able to build a little structure in there. And I, per I, I'm not part of any other Facebook groups that have really taken advantage of so many features that are baked into groups to make sure that it kind of can run a little bit more smoothly. Um, and with 140,000 members, <laughs> that's like really important. <laughs> Um, and so my, my hat off to you all for, um, for, for doing those things in that group. Yes. And thank you. And again, congratulations on your PSLF victory. The, that hashtag PSLF victory goes all the way back to the very beginning of the group because there are so many, there, there are fewer people and there are even fewer people getting PSLF victories. Mm -hmm. So our group, our team decided like everyone who gets PSLF gets their own post because we want to show people, we want to show our membership. This thing, this thing is real. This thing is real. People actually do get it and, and they share how they got it or they share their timeline or they just say thank you or whatever, you know, they just have that moment and it's, it's, momentous for these people their lives are 180 degree change like the this behemoth on their shoulders are gone mm -hmm. and so it's so um not only is it modeling for others like this can be done but it's uplifting it's 
it's encouraging and and it that is it is so antithetical to so much that is already on on the platform and to be honest i wouldn't be on this platform <laughs> if it weren't for this group right yeah so it, it's it's for me like i'm very proud of of the team th that we've been able to do this together and one other thing that i just want to add about this group mm -hmm. people stay people don't just get not everybody stays but a vast majority of our people stay after their victory post to help others yeah and and i'm just like oh my gosh that is so gratifying and we're kind of building like this pslf little army <laughs> these pslf warriors right for good for change you know helping others along that pathway there's so many people i've talked to that i met through the group beyond my my team mm -hmm. who are like i help these people in real life I bring people home or I go over their student aid data and I'm just like, fan freaking tastic. That is just like so gratifying, so profoundly gratifying. Like if I think about it, like I, I get choked up, like this, this fills my heart space, my heart well. And it, and, and all these victories just get, puts more gas in our engines to keep forward, keep going yeah. forward. As long as this, um, as long as this platform exists, mm -hmm. it's free and accessible. We will be here. And even after the waiver, even after, you know, any other changes, we'll be there to guide people through it. Yeah. So uh, one last question about the group before we turn our attention more, uh, you know, more to like how PSLF works and, um, and all of that. Who is the group great for and who is it not great for? And another way of thinking of that is who should join this group um, and who shouldn't join this group? That's a really good question. Uh, I, given that uh, some statistics show that up to 25% of the U.S. workforce who have student loans are eligible for PSLF, 25%. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, uh, so this group is for anyone who meets that definition. Do you have do you have student loans that are not private? Do you have, are you working in public service? You should consider joining. And if anything, get on the right, get on the right track now, because the earlier you get on track, the more time you have to fix anything that's been messed up in, in your portfolio, in your payment count, in these other things, in your repayment plan, you can you have time to fix it before you reach that 120. Yeah. And actually get that credit for that 120. So it's 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 really for for this very large group of people. It's not for people who have private student loans only. Once you take any federal once you take any federal student loan and refinance it into a private student loan, you erase the original master promissory note and you lose access to the, that benefit, okay? Also, who should not be in this group? <laughs> this group is not for people who don't believe in public service loan forgiveness <laughs> um, or sure. detractors from the program because uh -huh. we're a positive group. We're not toxic yeah. positive, but we're definitely here for people who are eligible for PSLF because for almost 15 years, We've been misled. We've dealt with changes. We've dealt with uh, misinformation. Our commitment, first and foremost, 
is to provide the most accurate information to our members outside the DOE and, and student loan servicers. We are that third party resource and we're committed to that. Yeah. And you know, I just wanted to add in my my pitch to uh, to current graduate students who are listening. You know, if you're planning to go into uh, a public service field, if you're if you're a doctoral student who's who's planning to be a professor or a teacher, um, if you're planning to go work for a nonprofit, um, or you you think there's a good chance that you might do one of those things, right? Even if you're not sure yet, join this Facebook group and just learn stuff uh, and be prepared for like when that moment does come that you can have all of your ducks in a row um, and not be, you know, not be blindsided 10 years later, um, that you can kind of like keep things going um, at a reasonable pace and make this a, 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 a more fluid process uh, than a, a scary event later. This group is also really for people who are committed to self-education. We're all, all public service loan forgiveness folks generally have finished or have some higher education. You don't need to finish your undergraduate degree in order to get public service loan forgiveness. Only by virtue of having federal student loans makes you eligible. However, you Anyone who wants PSLF or, or TEPSLF needs to be very aware of their student loan situation, what their career goals are, if they're willing to stay in public service or, you know, are willing to stay the course of public service of 120 months to get PSLF. The other thing, too, is one thing about PSLF and having student loan, federal student loans, the interest rate technically doesn't really matter. That should be at the farthest back corner of your mind. Because in the end, when you get public service loan forgiveness or temporary expanded PSLF, you get everything, you know, you get everything forgiven, interest and principal. The only time that you should worry, quote unquote, uh, about interest is if you plan on leaving uh, public service, getting out of income driven repayment and going back to standard and, and then doing a debt snowball or doing an aggressive payoff. That's the only time. Yeah, that's a great point. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get into the details about PSLF. Sure. Um, uh, so can you, you know, you talked a bit about it in the last episode. Can you recap briefly the kind of history of PSLF and how it was supposed to work um, and then some of the hiccups along the way? The history of PSLF was, is that in 2007, under the George W. Bush administration and the Congress at that time, a bipartisan bill was put forward to establish this program to, to ensure a steady pipeline of, of you know, educated folks to enter into fields of public service, whether it's government or nonprofit. And once they um, reach 120 months of payments, the rest of their loans are forgiven. And these loans, again, are federal tax-free, once whatever the balance is. I don't know how it was supposed to work back in 2007, because we've only seen fixes to the program. <laughs> and 
stop gaps and things of that nature. So uh, in 2007, uh, October 1st, 2007, that's the effective date, all right? 2012, or somewhere in like 2010, they um, eliminated FFEL loan eligibility from the program. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> I don't think, I think a lot of people didn't get the memo. In 2012, they issued the first employment certification form. So the program went on for almost five years without some kind of form to track it. All of us public servants were like, Huh? I thought you were tracking that for us. Nope, they were not. <laughs> and then, and then, um, uh, somewhere in, in recent, more recently, I can't remember the date, temporary expanded public service loan forgiveness came back, came out to help folks, public service workers who were, um, on the wrong repayment plan get credit for those for those payments and it's and it's tied to a restricted fund there's a set amount of money set aside for people in this situation i know one person who has gotten tepslf um and so then that brings us to present or almost present 2021 2020 we have the covid um, pandemic a lot of us public service workers have had our federal direct loans on pause uh, zero dollar payment zero interest occurring since March of 2020. This has been a blessing, right? And um, we've not had to recertify our income. We we're just hanging out until the pandemic either ends or the other things happen within the program. And um, the this last installment is really to, is one of the most expansive uh, uh, corrections any administration has ever taken to fix these wrongs, these errors. Again, PSLF is written into our master promissory notes. Every student loan borrower has this in their documents. This is protected under federal law. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You know, we exchange our time and our career taking mostly lower, lower paying public service jobs to see the remaining balance of our loans forgiven. It is a benefit owed to us for our service. Mm -hmm. So um, I am very pleased by the efforts this administration and the DOE have taken to make this a reality. I really hope some of it becomes permanent. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. That's, that's to be um, determined. Yeah. There's like a proposed legislation in Congress uh, to basically make a lot of the features of this waiver uh, permanent, right? Yes. Or some of the key features of it. Yeah. I mean, basically make all of it permanent, mm -hmm. which would definitely, by making the waiver permanent would, by congressional action, would correct a lot of the injustices public service workers have endured the past 15 years. Mm -hmm. There's also um, negotiated rulemaking. And again, I'm not a policy wonk. I know this stuff at high enough level. I'm not perfect at this. So from my understanding, negotiated rulemaking is how the Department of Education can kind of navigate tweaking bits and pieces of the program without congressional action. And they just closed a 30-day period of public comments. There were 4,000 submitted in 30 days 
about some of these rule changes. Some um, inspired by uh, negotiated rulemaking sessions they had last quarter or the last quarter of 2021, but also by the waiver. And so some of those can possibly become permanent, but those won't necessarily go into effect until next July. So what do you see here? There's a gap between the end of the waiver and the P limited PSLF waiver and the potential start of the um, in updated rules and, and practices for the actual PSLF implementation through negotiated mm -hmm. rulemaking. So I'm hope I mean, there's some logic here, right? I mean, there's so many people who are are still just learning about PSLF. Yeah. And we got people coming to the group every day. They're like, oh my gosh, I I I, I qualify. I now qualify either on their waiver. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just learning about PSLF for the first time. And this program is almost 15 years old. Yeah. The need is immense. The need is immense. And so mm -hmm. that's why, you know, we're we're all committed to staying the course. So let's turn attention to, to educating current students so that they can be sure they're making good choices, especially if they're thinking about going into public service. Thinking ahead, right, to, 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 to being eligible and making sure their debt is eligible in this, uh, in this program. What different kinds of student loans are out there that current students could be taking out? Which ones qualify? You know, would be eligible for PSLF, which ones wouldn't be? So bracketing the 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 refi, you know, uh, consolidation versus refinancing question. Current students taking out new loans, if their bank local bank offers them a loan uh, for for their classes, does that count? Or parent loans? I remember they were like parent plus loans, weren't they called? Um, I think my mom did one of those for me. Uh, so what 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 works in this program? What doesn't work in this program? Right. And so just to start off, in order to qualify for PSLF, mm -hmm. you need to have qualifying employment with a nonprofit or government. You need to have qualifying loans. The, the main qualifying loan type are direct federal loans. And there's okay. a few different subtypes. And then you also need to be on a... PSLF eligible income driven repayment plan. So those three things. Okay. You have those three things. You're golden. Now, there's a lot of nuance between this. So if I were a new student, or if I were an up up and coming graduate, um, whether undergrad or graduate, and I'm entering public service, this is what I would do. And I would and this is if you're just if you've not had any previous public service work before and you're new into the job market, I would start applying for public service jobs as soon as possible. Get yourself teed up for that. As soon as you graduate, every single graduate gets six months of deferment. Mm -hmm. It's this six-month period. The only way to get out of that deferment period is by consolidating your loans. Okay. okay. If you have no previous public service, that's okay. Um, you're you're going to start your count is going to start at zero anyways. So as soon as you graduate, day after you graduate, go into studentaid.gov, consolidate your loans, get them to, into your direct consolidated loans, get them all done. Okay. And then uh, when you're in that consolidation, um, 
this is some of the improvements. I, I have not mentioned some of the other improvements. There have been a lot of improvements on studentaid.gov where you go and con consolidate. While you consolidate, you pick an income-driven repayment plan. The four qualifying income-driven repayment plans are IBR, ICR, are repay, R-R-E-P-A-Y-E, and pay, P-A-Y-E. You're gonna pick the best loan for your situation. I would stay away from ICR, I would go towards pay and repay, um, just generally. But you're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna give you some scenarios of of what your payment might be. You might even be eligible for a zero dollar repayment, zero dollars, mm -hmm. even after the COVID forbearance ends and we go back into regular repayment. You may be paying zero dollars, quote unquote, and if all you need is that qualifying employment, you've got a qualifying month towards that one twenty. It's perfect, right? Um, and then, uh, so we talked about the loan, the consolidation, eligible employment. That's what I would question, do. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you a question about that, that, that consolidation process? So, uh, so two things. One is if you have any student loans that aren't federally subsidized or federally backed student loans, um, Will those show up in there for consolidation too? How do you avoid accidentally bringing in loans that uh, that aren't going to qualify for public service loan forgiveness? That's a great question. Any loan that is in your studentaid.gov account okay. can be consolidated together. If you're a current student and have taken out any private student loans, this would come from SoFi. This could come from Wells Fargo. This could come from Discover, places that have like, you know, normal consumer brand names like that. Mm -hmm. Those tend to be private loans. Okay. Again, any of your most majority, vast majority, if not 100% of the time, the loans that are in your student aid account right now, studentaid.gov account, are eligible for consolidation into a direct consolidated loan and thereby will be eligible for PSLF. Okay. If you take any any out from other sources, they will not be eligible. And you can't you can't consolidate private into federal. That's a that's an impossibility. And those won't even show up in your studentaid.gov no, account, right? Okay. Great. Um and and just just to repeat this, consolidation is not the same thing as refinancing. Consolidating is keeping your loans within the federal system, within the studentaid.gov account. Mm -hmm. Refinancing is taking those student loans out of federal the federal system, privatizing them. Yeah, you might get a better interest rate, but you, again, erase the master promissory note and you uh, delete that option to uh, PSLF down the road. Mm -hmm. Oh, and what you asked, the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And you asked about Parent Plus loans. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. So Parent Plus loans are a different beast. These are loans that your parents or parents of college students will take out on their behalf to fund their education. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're a parent listening to this, or if you're a student and you know your parents have taken out Parent Plus loans for your education, first of all, thank them. Thank them. Bless their hearts. Bless them, because this is this is a this is a big thing. 
Parent PLUS loans count for PSLF when the parent themselves is in public service and they make that 120 months of payments. It's not dependent on the student's um, public service uh, career. So those are very, that's a very big distinction. I'm really glad that you, you asked that a little bit ago and I'm glad that I, I wrote it down to come back to it because again, Parent PLUS loans, um, if you have them, join our group. We've got some resources. Um, in or if you're if you're a student and your parent has them, you need to get them to pay attention a little bit to what's going on with the waiver. Mm-hmm. Parent Plus loans, if you consolidate Parent Plus loans, um, they always will only be eligible for income contingent repayment (ICR). That's twenty percent of discretionary income year over year. That's a lot, and so th- the only way to get Parent PLUS loans eligible for under the waiver is if Parent PLUS loans, Parent PLUS loan holders consolidate their own (laughs) undergraduate or their own educational student loans together and then they could be eligible for back back counts, um, higher payment counts under the waiver. It's a really nuanced thing. I don't know what percentage of our membership actually this applies to. Yeah. And I don't know how much of your undergraduate students or up, up and coming grad students have any of these sure. types of loans, but it's, it's a big deal. So they should, they should definitely inform themselves on that. Earlier you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the employment verification forms. I know when I went through and, and, and uh, uh, submitted all my paperwork for the waiver, a few months ago, right? I did all of my employment verification forms at once, and I was very lucky that it was easy for me to get signatures uh, from HR folks at the three institutions I needed to get those signatures, right? So that was like relatively painless for me to do um, covering a like 12-year-plus period. Uh, I know that's not the case for a lot of people, Um especially uh, when they're not working for like a university that's existed for 100, 150 years, right? And has their very strict bureaucratic practices and record keeping in place. I've read, yeah, I've read stories of people who have worked in a nonprofit that no longer exists or changed in some significant way and they didn't retain paperwork and, and they, have, they have trouble getting those signatures and have to apply for essentially waivers on the signatures, you know, which I'm sure is complicated for people who are who are starting out this journey, right? Who are students who are getting ready to graduate or graduating in a couple of years? What should they be doing in terms of paperwork from the get go, right? Besides consolidating and getting on the right kind of repayment plan, uh, what other paperwork should they be holding on to? or filling out on a regular basis, they may not be automatically prompted to, or they might be prompted to and not know what they should be doing. (laughs) So like the employment verification, for example, is that an annual thing? Is that something they should be proactive about in some way? Okay, that is a big question. (laughs) So I was trying to take notes and make sure I capture those big bullets, right? Sorry about that. (laughs) No, it's okay. This is a huge part of the three main things you need to be eligible for PSLF. Let me start off with this again. Repeating is is key. You don't get enrolled into PSLF. 
you stay, you get yourself eligible and you make yourself, uh, uh, you remain eligible, let me say, for 120 months. Yes, there's paperwork and this is a huge part of that paperwork. So back in 2012, remember, they issued the first employment certification form. That's an ECF. Recently, the Department of Education updated that form to call it the PSLF application and temporary expanded PSLF application. It's a huge name, but it does one thing, or I'm sorry, it's one name for a lot of things. It is to certify your employment, and it is also to um, certify your last months of employment prior, uh, uh, so you, you get to that 120 number. So it, it, it's, it's a few things in one. So we still sometimes call it ECF, but it's, it's now the PSLF application. And you access this through the Federal Student Aid website. Again, your studentaid.gov account. Mm -hmm. It's called the PSLF Help Tool. You'll see a link in it when you log in. I promise. It will be there. Now, if you're just starting out and you're in public service, you got your loans consolidated so you can start earning um, repayment qualifying months from day one out of college in your new job, I would suggest it is suggested to certify your income after your first 12 months to get that ball rolling mm -hmm. and in, in the system. Because again, every month you certify with uh, with your loan servicer, which will be likely Mohila, now that the transition is happening between Fedloan and Mohila, you'll certify that with Mohila. Once it's accepted, your accounts will then be added to your account, so you're going to be able to see that. And then, those 12 months follow you forever. They will follow you forever until you reach that magic number of 120 at the very end. It is kind of a, a, a it's 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 a it's a catch-up payment or it's a catch-up count for all those months. Currently, I work for an employer who is amenable to signing this PSLF application every six months. Because for me, I told them, I told my employer it would it would mean so much to me to see my month my counts going up every six months. It's a mental thing for me. Yeah. And my employer was okay with that. So so I do submit that every six months. Now it, let's say you have your your you you might be a few years into PSLF and you're just catching up right now and you have a couple years behind you that you need to get certified now. What if you can't get that signature? Well there is a box on the form that says I can't get the signature. Either HR won't won't answer my phone calls, return my emails. Uh, I, I I've left a cr I've crossed the state, and the only way to get this thing signed is in person. There's so many stories of people like not being able to get that. It's happened to me where a past employer refused to sign my ECF at the time, and I was like, "This is a federal benefit protected under the law." And you're not going to help me? It's surprising, but it does happen, even to folks like me trying to who've been in, involved and aware of the program for 15 years. So um, the last point I want to make, keep all of your paperwork. I know nowadays we all have cloud. We have iCloud. We have Google Drive. We've got OneDrive. 
save a scan of everything at the very least. If you're able to keep the paperwork as well, because you may need it in the event there's any error uh, made by your loan servicer, especially by the loan servicers. There's been there's plenty of, of anecdotes in our group of ECFs and PSLF applications getting rejected for the tiniest thing. So it's, again, uh, those are those are the main things like you know just just stay on top of it get eligible if you're not right now remain eligible if you're in the middle of it and and get to that 120 keep all your paperwork and join our group um, join our group and the one other kind of paperwork that that, that I want to add to just mention that I don't know I I didn't think about when I was earlier in my career because you know I I didn't have a lot of like financial literacy training right uh, as a first gen low income like I was easily swayed by the interest rate arguments for consolidating and things like that right um, but uh, in addition to like scan you know scanning taking using your smartphone to scan, these documents that you submit, right, and and immediately uploading it to Dropbox or Google Drive or whatever, something that's secure. Also, keeping copies of things like, and this is just like, I think generally good advice, not even specific to PSLF, your tax paperwork and your W-2s, because like those W-2 forms, bringing it back to PSLF here, have your uh, your employer's employee, uh, employer identification number on it, which is what needs to kind of match up on these employment verification forms or employment certification forms. Um, like, And that's how you can look up your employer too. It's like one way to make sure you're looking up the right employer. On the studentaid.gov uh, website, they added that just recently, right? They added in the ability to, to, to just outside of the help tool to look up the employers um, and to be sure that it's an employer that is like verified in their system as a public service employer, right? Right, and there's a caveat to that. Okay. So you're right, like, you know, your tax returns, you have the EIN number. That's how you can look up the employers on this new newfangled tool. The thing, the caveat is this, it's a new tool and they are adding more and more eligible employers over time. Mm -hmm. So. For example, let's say you're working for a startup nonprofit and they're, they're in the process of finalizing their paperwork, which would be backdated anyways mm -hmm. to the date of submission, blah, blah, blah. But if they're not in the system, they're not likely going to show up in that thing, in that really wonderful tool that they've built, nor will they really be able to find it in the, in the PSLF help tool. So, again, just keep all your paperwork, including that tax information. I know just because my mother went to college to become an accountant and she did taxes for people, she always recommended keep seven years. I have kept all of my years since PSLF started. It's taking up space. It has. It is. Yeah. And, right. and, and but, but I did all this before taxes were filed online, before cloud cloud storage and all that. So I have a mix of a lot of paper 
and a lot of online scans and screenshots and things like that. Um, the reason why we're so why, why we're so emphatic on this is because errors do happen, and you may need to escalate to other um, higher ups to get relief or get resolution. So I don't want to go too far down that hole, but it, yeah. it's it's a really important thing. This is your PSLF journey. It requires a lot. Of, it does require self accountability, self education, personal responsibility. It does. It's unfortunate, but that is just how how that system is set up. However, there are people around you. There are people here on Facebook or uh, who are in my Facebook group who are there to help and clarify. And a lot of posts already there. If you if you just read through them, it'll it'll likely your your question has already been answered in that group before. Just to kind of uh close things off with with one final set of questions um kind of like a, a a a bigger bird's eye view about PSLF and the importance uh of PSLF and, and challenging stigma surrounding it um you've alluded to a, a couple of times and i've seen i've seen posts of of people i mean not to not to go too far too far off the path here but like People telling stories about how a former employer refused to sign the, the 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 certification form because they didn't believe in the program for whatever reason, right? So, like, why is there opposition to PSLF, and why are those people wrong? There's such in intense opposition to it because people don't believe it's a thing. They don't believe it's real. There were too many rejections in the first few mm. months and years after the first people should have been eligible for PSLF back in 2017 and 18. And the data keep came, kept coming at us hard and strong. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. Okay, I wasn't around when Social Security came into existence and Medicare and Medicaid, but I equate PSLF with this. It's a federal benefits program. We exchange our time and, and, and commitment to public service in exchange for student loan debt relief. Okay, so the, the opposition I really believe is, is, is unfortunately interwoven into the larger student loan cancellation debate, mm -hmm. but it is fundamentally understandable because it didn't work for so long. Yeah. And so many people had so many problems. Now, the, the folks who are wrong about the program think maybe, maybe they think it's, it's a handout. But I 100% disagree with that. It is not. I've been in public service since 2001. Even beforehand, I was volunteering in high school. I had a deep commitment to serve for as long as I can remember. I was even way back when I was considering uh, uh, you know, military service. All that to say they're wrong because it is a, it's, it's law. This is law. It was, it was a, uh, signed into law by George W. Bush after it passed both houses of, by, of, with strong bipartisan support. And it appears that over the past 15 years, you know, there's been this, you know, some folks coming after PSLF. I'm like, well, if they come after PSLF, it's only going to affect, it would affect 
future public servants. It wouldn't affect us who have loans right now because it's in our promissory notes. Yeah. It would be it would be implemented forward facing. At the same time, if people are coming after PSLF, there's who's going to run the governments? Who's going to run the local, the county, the state, and the federal governments? Who's going to run these nonprofits? Because a lot of the positions, I'm not going to say, uh, I, I'm going to venture to guess 51% of all jobs in public service require some higher education. That's not a, I don't think that's a, a far out left field um, um, generalization. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it, it's just, I don't know how, how convincing of an argument it is, but I'm a contracts person. It's in black and white. It's in my promissory note. I'm due this relief. All public service workers who are in public service making payments commit to 120 years or 120 months. Oh my lord, 120 months. Um, they're due that relief. Yeah. So, what can people uh, do to help keep the program healthy and ensure that it doesn't get? eliminated for for future generations right um like and i know for for a while y'all had a, a right at the top of your facebook group you had a link to uh to uh to, to some some comment uh, commenting period that was open for people to be able to provide their feedback but like in general what are the things people can do to help make sure that this that this program gets the support that it that it needs um from I don't know, from from Congress, from the Department of Education, from whoever. I'm I'm really glad you asked that, because deep down inside, and this will be an open secret now. Deep down inside, when I founded the Facebook group, I wanted it to be a vehicle for advocacy. It has taken almost five years for us to kind of build out those advocacy tools, right? And we do have calls to action regularly on our page group, on our page now. Um, most recently was submitting public comments on negotiated rulemaking. We have an entire post with all kinds of hyperlinks. It's called the advocacy, PSLF Advocacy Index. And it's, and it's there in the featured section. You can, there are templates there that my, that my team headed off, headed up by uh, Rachel uh, in particular, who 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 put together these resources so that we could just be like, okay, there's a bill, there's a bill, activate, um, and 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 speak your mind. There's a lot of activity around negotiated rulemaking. So, to that end, what can people do? Is get informed, stay informed about what what stuff's coming down the pipeline. There are some, you know calls to eliminate PSLF, those are very, very minority. There's a lot of calls, there's a lot of bills right now in Congress to make PSLF better. So if you go and, and see these, these activities, these actions our congressional leaders are taking, email them, call them, send a letter, say, I support this, I support this. Again, well, public servants, we are all doing very laborious public service work. We don't have a lot of time to get on top of our PSLF, you know, 
information yeah. and get it all current, let alone take action. But there, but there are easy ways to do that, and and we try to we try to provide those resources. Well, I'll just I'll make the pitch again to joining the Facebook group. I mean, that's another great reason for even for folks like me who've already received their forgiveness. If you're not already a member, to join that group so you can stay informed um, about what's coming down the pike, about ways that you can get involved uh, to help support current and future generations of folks who can benefit from uh, from this program and from a better version of this program as it improves over time. So, <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, Social Security didn't come out and it was perfect. Just like Affordable Care Act. We all saw how Affordable Care Act came out. It was oh, yeah. very imperfect, you know? It, 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 and so it's like it, for all of us beneficiaries of this benefit, like, even once we get the benefit, it's incumbent upon us to ensure this is available for other folks. And, you know, one more thing about the group and, and benefits. We get a lot of people, kind, generous people, who want to send us money. Oh, it's so, like, honestly, it's like, oh, you're so kind. We're all volunteers. We're all volunteers. Um, and, and our goal is to provide free information. And always re keep it free. That's why we're on Facebook. We, we're not behind a paywall. Um, nobody should pay for services to get PSLF. Yeah. I'm going to say this again. No public servant who is already, you know, in service should pay for any any uh, counseling to get public service loan forgiveness. Your employer should pay for it. That would be fantastic. You know, they should, they, you know, or at least host webinars invite our team like we, we're doing that right now we just held a free webinar in partnership with consumer financial protection bureau last week it's on the website at cfpb.gov and or consumer finance uh, i'm not real sure of the of the link at any rate we're doing what we can we're having presentations in other groups with consumer financial protection bureau which was our i believe our first national level uh, webinar We've also partnered with University of Chicago. We've delivered a presentation there. So do not pay for any services. And it is so generous and kind for people to offer in the group. What I say instead is thank you so much. We don't take donations. Just help at least one other person achieve PSLF. Help someone else on that journey. Invite them to the group. Sit down with them and look over their student loan uh, data file. It kind of help them figure, wrap their head around it because it's not an easy file to read. I know from experience, right? So it's it's. It, I think I think the momentum is building. That honestly, is this I don't see this program going away anytime soon. It's only going to get better, and it has started to get better for millions of people. And on that hopeful and helpful note. Uh, thank you again for joining me for a second episode uh, talking about. PSLF and the temporary waiver and just, you know, everyone getting their ducks in a row uh, to, to, to make sure that, uh, that they are able to, to, to get this benefit that, uh, that when they're engaged in public service work, um, that, they're, that they're due, right, uh, for, the, for the wonderful work that, that, uh, that they do. Uh, so thank you so much for joining with me again uh, to talk about this stuff. Thank you so much, Daryl, and good best of luck to your students and 
uh, all the people that you're going to be able to meet and, and, and impact. Again, congratulations on your own PSLF victory. And uh, just very grateful to share this time with you and to be able to get the message out um, in this very, very important time in the history of this, uh, of this program. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, dear listeners, back for another post-recording, post-script uh, on the episode this week. Uh, you know, while uh, Christina and I were recording our interview, uh, the Biden administration announced that it was making some pretty big changes uh, to uh, to student loans, uh, specifically announcing a, uh, a forgiveness program, um, uh, eliminating $10,000 in student debt for most borrowers, uh, up to $20,000 for those uh, who had Pell Grants. Uh, so lots of big, uh, big announcements happened while we were recording this episode. As with last week's episode, I don't think any of them really changed the conversation that we had. So there's no, uh, you know, there are no like corrections that need to be made or anything like that. But also, uh, as with last week's episode, I'm going to include all the links to these announcements in the show notes. So be sure that you check those out because they might very well apply to you. Um, all that said, thank you listeners again for joining us uh, for this episode. I really value each and every one of you and hope that the show helps in one way or another as you continue your own path navigating higher education, and in this case, student debt. Uh, since I try to keep the show as listener-driven as possible, please, please, please do send your questions to me. Uh, you can shoot me an email at questions at yourshadowadvisor.com or you can go to the website and record a question that I might air on the podcast. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're feeling up to it, please give us a rating and review. Uh, thanks again for listening in. I'll be back with more next week.